0: Greetings, everyone. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Thank you so much for the listeners. Thank you so much for the new listeners. Thank you so much for the subscriptions. I don't even know how many thank yous I can give you in one podcasting setting, but if I could, the whole thing would be thank yous for everything because you have no idea what it makes or how it makes a writer feel to have someone respond and this is something that i've been working on for quite some time and i'm just excited to share it in a new light and i'm just thankful for that so thank you so much and i have an announcement that the second book is pretty much done and that's an accomplishment in itself and there's no one patting myself on the back there's no one uh, to congratulate in that light but the listeners and i'm thankful for even that because this is my own self goal, my own, something that I set out to do and that I accomplished long, 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 this was a year ago. And I had always had the idea, but didn't have in particularly the time to put a book together, an audiobook wise because of so many different things. I was always busy, I was always on the go, going, 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 and this loop, if you will. And so when COVID happened last year in the beginning, uh, this was like March, I was thinking to myself like, wow, I should really do an audiobook. All these people are telling me to do this and I feel like I should do so. So I love, love, that I have you guys to hear this. I want people to know, one, that if I can do this, by God, you know you can do anything you put your mind to. That's not even a joke, that's not a a brag, that's not even, I'm so serious with this. Like, just put your mind to it, see yourself doing it constantly, like visualizing yourself doing something and then you will naturally and instinctively do the steps towards whatever that goal and accomplishment is. And then also, this is for creators because I was watching a clip by, I believe it was David Bowie or something like this. And him, he's a great master creator. Rest in peace, great person, amazing legend. But his way of creating was different from mine, the mindset in doing so. And each and every artist is different. And that's why I say things and utilize them as templates because the way I do something or the way that I balance myself is not necessarily the same way that someone does it for themselves. So if you have a goal, if you have something as a creative project and you have this existential accomplishment and after you do said thing, you take your time reevaluate what it is that you set out to do but then also you don't necessarily have to do what the next person has done before you you can wallow in your creative enterprise you can have something lined up five or ten different other projects lined up afterwards it's completely up to you but make sure that it's in your own flow make sure that it's in your own flow now so Book three. Now, okay, so Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds is a book that I crafted in 2014, right? And I was in Chicago at the time, and I published it 2015, and I wanted to do this before I was 30 years old. And this is before I got to California, before I got to Venice, before anything, 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 right? And so time-lapse-wise, I started a book in 2016, and then subsequently published that, if I'm not mistaken, wow, it was probably like 2018 or 2017 by the time that I took to reevaluate and put all of the pieces together. Now, 2018 to 2019 is where this book comes in, and this was book three. Now, book three is a different vibe in itself. It It's shorter than the first two, but meatier. And as I said before in book two, I was getting into my stride. Like I was vibing. I was putting words together. It sounded like I was a rapper or something like this as far as the lyricisms or the cadences or the similes. And with that, book three, I had the time of visiting my family member's house for the second time. Now, the reason why I say anybody can do anything is because I was living on the street at the time, and in no consequence, I just wanted to not be in anyone's way. Uh, I didn't want a job that I didn't want, and sitting on someone's couch was not the move energetically for me to do so. So I stayed on the street, and I started painting, and I started making things, and the inspiration would come daily, and still does to this day, about everything. Conversations, life, families, art, music, whatever you want to think of, it added to this third story. And that's why I called it The Seat of the Door with No Threshold. And it's a, a play on words. The inspiration was just something that I would have made a poem title in itself and the same thing for the Seeds of the Time Before Time. And I explained <clears throat> the meaning of the Seeds of the Time Before Time because it wasn't to do with any movie or anything like this. It was to pay homage to the it was to pay homage to the Aborigines in Australia. And they have this thing called a walkabout or a walkabout. And that's a type of spirit journey where they have uh, as a coming of age. And I just looked at it grazingly, like as the surface of what they entailed and their tragic story of how they existed um, for the past over two to 300 years. But the one thing I wanted to be of note and the reason why I made it so blatant was they call this the time before time or a time period before this one or even before another period of existence. And one could go back into ancient text or even Hindu text or even Vedic something like this. Now I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but please, oh, I don't know anything about world history. I just studied a little bit and part of how long the rest of the world has existed more so than us or this 300 years of america being here but yes this this time period before there and i had never versed this before in my mind of a period of time before this one to say that existence has done this many many different times and that this was just a time period and then there's another time period before that one and another time period before that one a series of contraction and expansion if you will And I knew that that was a great concept because there was a seed to it. There was a sense of creativity that sparked in me. And so that's why I named it the Seat of the Door With No Threshold. Now, excuse me, the Seeds of the Time Before Time. Now, the Seat of the Door With No Threshold, that one completely came off the top of the dome. That one was a play on words where there always is a seat in a room and then beyond a threshold. And if there was no door in said threshold, then it was just simply a space from one connecting to the next, and that's where the threshold was. And I wanted that to be how the third book was introduced. And there was a lot of stuff going on at the time in Venice. A lot of people have said a lot of different things. Always someone have said at something, but yes, you're really going to like this third book. It's uh, really a uh, more mature, more... Mm, iamic, pantametered type of speech. The characters are developed more, so I add on to the stories from the first two books. One naming being as an Oleander, if you remember him from the first book. And I made him like some RPG, anime character completely overpowered, long-haired, but extremely volatile and violent because it was just to depict the sense of persona. I wanted to have someone as in the embodiment of emotions that people have all wrapped up in one person and not to make him cynical or not to make him completely crazy or anything like this I wanted it to be of a sensibility of someone placing themselves in his shoes and would they inevitably have the same emotions if you had those abilities and then I update on the time god and an elder from originally the first story and I thought that was an interesting interpretation and I will elaborate on the afterthought of this concept of having a time god as a companion where the elder is at the apex or the ending of one's life but then they have these interesting and almost childlike conversations about any and everything
1: any and everything
0: art specifically and yeah that is where this third book begins and this still once again is the second book but This is the prelude, and so I I call it the preview of Book 3, The Seat of the Door with No Threshold. And this one is A Father, His Sons, and A Time God. And I won't ruin this one for you with any other uh, previews. I'll let you decide. And uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy this one, so thank you so much. A Father, His Sons, A Time God the time god explored everything true, his elderly companion in tow, following stream belly thralls of unknown rooms. Every place beckoned go. Phantasmic fauna trolloped Cassiopeian blue, harboring inner vein hollows, mirroring everything the elder held new. Destiny reckoned revenge triumphantly resting, honoring childlike cool. Fate, <laughs> fate coddled gambit intentions, keenly foxing a cottage out of view. Before they could register emotions, a young man for it shouted, Whoa, hey, who are you? Short in stature, garments dulled, yet colorful enough to know. They knew nothing. This childling must be of the same ilk. He would surely have no inkling of a clue. I've seen you before when I was in dream time. Here, we meet, here, meet the rest of us. Oh, my name is Rue. Okay, so, like I was saying before, this a father, his son's a time god. now, from the first book, you have everyone forgetting their memories all at once, right Now, this particular elder is someone I described in the story, and I'll explain it more in the recordings of the third book is that he was an artist, he basically woke up. Out in the middle of nowhere. And he wakes up and looks over in the distance. And he sees fires. Rape pillaging. Screaming. Chaos. And the highest light. And he looks off to the side and looks behind him. And then he sees this sense of peace. He sees the forest and creatures. And his house. That he doesn't even know that it is his own. And so he walks in. And this sense of befuddlement. Occurs. Because he's piecing together all these different things but it comes where the words aren't formulated if you have amnesia and are trying to express yourself one could even imagine what the mental dexterity of what it would take to actually say something or to to motion something and there's no one else to help him as reference as we do today and he later finds out, and the first thing that he calls out is for a time god, the first words. Now, I created and crafted this character as a time god as a play on words, uh, one being as in time, and then two, as a god, to have someone as a disembodied uh, spirit to help in said situation. Because if he didn't know anything, why would this be the first thing that he asked for? There's so many other different questions as far as origin-wise goes. And I thought that was an interesting thing when I created the Time God character. And then, too, the Time God himself had forgotten all of his memories as well. And so then it became a process of two not angry old men. Figuring out what it was that they wanted to accomplish and the interesting cues and conversations that they have with one another. It's like, well, if you believe it's this, then you should do that. If you like painting, well then you should paint type of mentality. And I thought that was an interesting notion of this grown up or this elder and a time god both possessing this childlike quality. And in this particular installment in this book, in the beginning of the third and end of second book, I basically just set the stage of them running into different characters. And then the gentleman and Elder realizing that he has a family and that his family was out in the forest doing certain things when this time of forgetfulness came. And then the story progresses on and on and on where... They run into different characters throughout the story, but I won't reveal which as to who and what characters they are. It's just a a build-up, if you will, and an introduction of these characters once again. And I'm excited because now, writing the fourth book, I get to interject and weave something else for these beings to experience. There's so many things in life, and I love being an artist. I love just having this quality of my day not being planned and loosely based off of anything that I, I want to include in it because that's one of the things that I think of and, and you can ask another artist like Kandinsky if you look at his work or any other artist how they spend their days. Some speak with others. Some do work just so that they can have nothing else to do. And that is a part of inspiration. And when everything is inspiration, then you're never bored. And nothing is the same. Not even if you try to make it as such. The timing is different. The Everything is different by default. Your mindset is different. And that's why I, I laugh brazenly because I, I want to bring more to this. And the more listeners that become and, and ask me questions or are or, or curious about these stories, I will have more and more content. That's just how it goes. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. And hit the subscribe button. Tell someone about it. Share the link. Anybody. It really does it. Well, it does matter. But yes, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Not so much Facebook. No, I'm joking. And <laughs> thank you so much. And this is V signing off these fees.